Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, we'll feature some local musicians who appear regularly on our music shows here at the Ozark Folk Center, Bobby Glendy and Ruthie Haney and the terrific old-time music trio, Love Holler. I'll be visiting with Mark Jones to hear a fine old song from the archives, and folklorist Brooks Blevins will profile song catcher Max Hunter. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. For many years, Bobby Glendy's father, Kyle Glendy, was a well-loved and respected musician here at the Ozark Folk Center. Kyle has passed on now, but his son Bobby is carrying on the tradition, winning two national flat-picking guitar championships as well as two national country singing championships. Recently, he teamed up with singer Ruthie Haney for some sweet harmonies. Here are Bobby Glendy and Ruthie Haney, recorded at our evening program at the Ozark Folk Center. He was a musician, and he was a pilot. He was a fighter pilot in the Korean War, and uh, flew F-86s. And uh, I always wanted to be a pilot, too, but I never did want to be a pilot as bad as I wanted to play the guitar. And when I was 
about four or five years old, I wanted to play really, really bad, and my dad would come home every night, and he'd kiss mom, and mom would still be cooking supper. He was a spray pilot back then. We lived in Holdridge, Nebraska, out in corn country, Tornado Alley, actually. And it's flat as a pancake out there and a great place to fly. Not much to run into, but the ground. And uh, so... He'd come home every evening, mom would be cooking supper, and after he kissed mom, washed up, he'd get his guitar out, and me and my sister would sit there and watch him listen to him play, and boy, I'd go on about how I wanted a guitar too. Well, he, you know, he tried a little, little Roy Rogers plastic guitar with plastic strings on it, and then it just, I'd play it once, you know, it just sounded terrible. So he finally, decided that he was going to get me an instrument that I could play. So he found me a, a mandolin in a music store. It was used, beat up, and it was like playing a barbed wire fence, man. I was either going to play or die. 
So I learned how to play that thing and learned how to tune it. On my 11th birthday, I got my first guitar. Of course, I was afraid of it. It was a brand new guitar. And Dad wanted, we, I played with Dad all the time, and it was just him and me, and he wanted to have us a matching set of guitars, identical twins, and my mother was a leather crafter at the time, and she made us matching leather vest, uh, leather uh, guitar straps, and she made us matching shirts to wear, and we were a team, man. I sell the morning paper, sir. My name is Jimmy Brown. Most everybody knows I am a newsboy of the town. Well, I'm very cold and hungry, sir. My clothes are worn and thin. I wander on from place to place, my daily bread to win. But never mind, sir, how I look. Don't sneer at me and frown. I'm selling papers for I am a newsboy of the town. I sell the morning papers, sir. My name is Jimmy Brown. Most everybody knows I am of the town. My father died a drunkard, sir, I've heard my mother say. Before he died, how hard for him I've heard her weep and pray. But I am helping mother now, I journey up and down to sell my papers, for I am the newsboy Jimmy Brown. I sell the morning papers, sir, my name is Jimmy Brown. But he knows I am the newsboy of the town. My mother tells me every night to deal with her and pray. She says if I've an honest heart, I'll be all right someday. And I started singing when I was, you know, not long after that. He asked, he says, sing with me. And I said, well, I, okay. Well, I, I didn't know anything about music. So I, th I thought he meant sing right along with him. Well, I was trying to sing right along with him, but it came out natural or harmony with him. So he says, just sing like that every time. Okay, well, I did. And after a while, I figured out what I was doing. I wasn't singing a true harmony. With family harmony, you can kind of go wherever you want. You don't have to hold the one part. Now, if you're going to sing three-part harmony or four-part or, you know, stacked anything, you got to you got to stay true to the part. But no, I was I, I was singing the kind of harmony that I sing with Ruthie and what Ruthie sings with me. It's it's uh, it's done by ear, not by sheet of music. Uh, 
the music teacher in my high school. I hope I don't get him in trouble. But he just passed me on by. He have to learn it. Check, yeah, check, just, yeah. He's, he's, he's fine. He's, he's good. Just let him. Well, my dad came in there and had to talk with him. He says, by gosh, you try to change the way that he sings, and I will be back to see you. <laughs> and uh, he meant it. festival in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, and it was a huge festival, man. They had thousands of people there. And Jimmy Driftwood was their featured performer on this particular show, and this was in 1977. And he needed some backup. He didn't have a band. 
and he and he and his wife were searching around trying to find somebody that you know played that right type of music and somebody suggested dad and I and he came over to our camp you know to the bus and we went in the bus and talked and Jimmy boy dad was just tickled to death and we started playing with him and we were friends from then on and then he introduced us he, he you know that he's going to bring us down to to Mountain View to introduce us around and he did and we came down here and stayed for a couple of weeks at his house out in Timbo and we had a great time we came here to the folk center and they had us on as a guest and we went down on the square after we got through here my dad he played here for like five years on the staff band well when he retired he found this was the place he wanted to be That was Mountain View, Arkansas musicians Bobby Glendy and Ruthie Haney singing Old Slewfoot, You Are My Flower, Jimmy Brown the Newsboy, 900 Miles, and In the Pines. After this break, I'm planning a trip down to the vault for this week's visit with Mark Jones. This is Ozark Highlands Radio.
We've reached my favorite part of the show, where I get to go down into the vault and, and visit with my old pal Mark Jones, who keeps track of all of our recordings that we've made over the years. Let's head down there now. Hey, Mark, what's going on down here? Oh, Dave, I'm so glad you came down here. You know, it's been just worrying me to death. I seen you playing an instrument the other day that I didn't know what it was. What'd it look like? Well, it looked like a big, long, flat stick or something. Oh, yeah, that would be the that would be the picking bow or the mouth bow, an ancient instrument. They say it's the oldest of musical instruments. I, I like to think that some lonely Neanderthal hunter was goofing around with his bow one day and found out that if he plucked the string, he would get a note. And somebody else figured out if you took a flat stick of wood, maybe about two and a half or three foot long, strung a maybe a G guitar string across it with a peg on one end so you could tighten it up so it looked like a bow, put it up against the side of your mouth and, and whack on the string, and you can change the shape of your mouth to change the note. Kind of like a juice harp or, or, or the old uh, jaw harp, you know? It sure did sound good. I couldn't figure out what it was. Well, thanks. I, I, I love playing it. You know, I think I run across a recording of Jimmy Driftwood playing uh, his. Oh, yeah, he was famous for it. In fact, they said that in his archives or his collection of folklore stuff that he'd found, he had the mouth harp that his father-in-law, Uncle Jess Goodman, used to play. And I've never seen it, but I was told that the whole mouth bow was covered with amber. And if you know much about the locals around here, amber is a word for old, dried, used chewing tobacco. Because I guess as Uncle Jess would play, the tobacco would run out of his mouth and down the pick and bow. <laughs> That's enough to keep me from chewing tobacco right there. Yeah, or playing his yeah, yeah, that pick too. and bow. <laughs> Would you like to listen to this recording of Jimmy? I would love to hear it. What's he playing? Run, Johnny, run. That's a good old fiddle tune. Let's hear it. It is. So I'm just going to do a few of the old folk things that have always been done. Nothing very dramatic or anything like that. And first I'm going to play the old bow, which is the same bow that you shoot an arrow with. You work your mouth. Strum the string. You don't say a word back in there but because the vibration of that string will go through your cheek and make a note for however you have your mouth fixed. Okay, we'll do a little tune now. <clears throat> Mark, Jimmy did a pretty good job playing that old mouth bow, didn't he? He sure did. He was an interesting guy. He he had quite a collection of odd musical instruments, and he knew how to play all of them. He did. He very interesting. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. That was great to hear Jimmy Driftwood playing. Last year, two 15-year-old twins and their father showed up here for a music audition. 
and they blew us away with their powerful interpretation of Ozark music. Emma and Caroline Russell, along with their dad, Tracy, have quickly become one of the most popular groups on our stage. Let's listen to a set of five songs from these talented folks who call their band Love Holler. They've always, they always sing all the time, and it's it's a blessing, and also sometimes it's a, it could be a little much, um, but uh, ever since they were little, um, my wife sings, and they picked it up from her, and they've just always really, just really been good singers, singing at church, singing at school, singing in plays and skits and things like that, so they just really have a, had a natural talent from the beginning. I remember singing at church and just different things like that and singing at my grandma's church and it really wasn't until probably fifth grade when we saw our friend in a talent show with her mom and they were singing harmony and we thought, wow, that sounds really good. <laughs> and so that we're was like, really... We could do that too. Mm -hmm. It kind of bothered me that people would stray from the melody. I didn't like harmony at the beginning, but then I heard my friend doing it and I really started to get into it. Did you see him going so early this morning? He passed by these houses on his way to the coal. He was tall, he was slender, and his dark eyes so tender. His occupation was mining West Virginia, his home. 
It was just before 12 and I was feeding the children. And those they came running to bring us the news. Number eight is all flooded, many men are in danger. We don't know their number, but we fear they're all doomed. So I picked up the baby and I left all the others to comfort each other and pray for our own. There is Timmy, 14, and there's Sean, not much younger. Their time is a-comin' to go down the black hole. If I had the money to do more than just feed them, I'd give them good learning, the best could be found. So when they grow up, they'd be checkers and weighers not spend their time drilling in the dark underground. Oh, what can I say to his poor little children? And what can I tell his poor mother at home? And what can I say to my heart that's clear broken? To my heart that's clear broken if my darling is gone. Say, did you see him going so early this morning? He passed by your houses on his way to the cold. He was tall, he was slender, and his dark eyes so tender. His occupation was mining West Virginia, his home. Well, we started off when we first started listening to folk music and Carter family and that kind of thing. We did the harmonies that maybe they Sarah did. did. So it, it was just that general harmony. And then it was really Emma who got into I, it. Yeah, I, um, somebody, I heard somebody up here talking about the Carter family. And so I listened to a few songs. And I think it was the stories and the the instruments i just like the sound of it and kind of the storytelling and the feel of the music yeah i don't know it, and it's just the carter family they have such an interesting story themselves mm -hmm. and um i thought that was really interesting because ap and sarah weren't really together and so it was kind of that clashing it seems as though they sing all these breakup songs and all these clashing of heads when they might have actually been doing that and i just thought that was really interesting the story you like stories too yeah
I feel like other types of music may just reach on one emotion, like, oh, this is a happy song, this is a sad song, but I feel like a lot of folk music can reach all those emotions at the same time and can tell a story. I really, I feel like that's where I fell in love with folk music was because I loved these stories and how they were told through songs. It's uh, music about real people, the extraordinary, the ordinary, the um, the highs, the lows, just of, of real people in real situations. Like we've already said, the storytelling and just how personable, would you say, the music is and how it speaks to people in their own way. And and it connects all these different, like, it connects people, whether you agree on this, whether you agree on this, you know, uh, like this you'll one. always agree on music. And so, yeah. Well, it's just so real and so authentic. We get our name Love Holler from an area that's named for our relatives. It's uh, across the river from Stone County in southwest Izzard County where there was a mining area where they mined manganese and limestone. And so, I mean, these are our people. This is the, These are our ancestors, people that we come from. 
and their uh, it was their way of uh, entertaining themselves after during a, you know after a hard day's work, and it's just it's organic and it's authentic. Stone County, Arkansas's family band, Love Holler. They started their set with the old ballad, Come All Ye Fair and Tender Ladies, followed by The West Virginia Mine Disaster, The Cyclone of Rye Cove, Little Birdie, and an old Southern Mountain fiddle tune, Angelina Baker. We're going to take a short break, after which we'll hear from author Brooks Blevins about the Max Hunter collection of folk songs. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. think of old-time Ozark music, I think of back roads and front porches, places and people way out in the country. Country, and I mean real country, abounds in a place like the Ozarks. And that was especially the case 50 and 60 years ago when the song collectors were scouring the region for child ballads and fiddle tunes. When I think of country in the Ozarks, I generally don't think of Springfield, Missouri. While it may yet be a small town in the grand scheme of things, Springfield is the closest thing we've got to a real city, a metropolitan center, and it has been for several generations. It's no surprise, then, that Springfield wasn't considered a prime destination for discovery of traditional songs. In fact, a war of words erupted in 1934 on the occasion of the city's first folk festival, with city father and entrepreneur John T. Woodruff worried that his town would suffer from this association with hillbillies and festival promoter and folklorist Vance Randolph urging him to lighten up in so many words. In spite of that rough start, the third biggest city in Missouri has been a fertile breeding ground for song collectors. This third and final installment on the Collectors of the Ozarks takes us to the region's cultural and economic hub, the place that once billed itself as the Queen City of the Ozarks. The tradition of song collecting in Springfield goes back at least as far as the Great Depression, when a couple of local newspaper columnists began inviting readers to submit old songs they recalled from childhood. 
One of the columnists was Lucille Morris, who would write one of the first histories of the bald knobber vigilantes of southwest Missouri. Another was Mae Kennedy McCord, the self-styled queen of the hillbillies, who also appeared on a long-running and popular radio segment on Springfield's powerful station KWTO, whose call letters stood for Keep Watching the Ozarks. Two other Springfieldians from that era, Paul Holland and Ben Rice, were businessmen who gathered ballads for their personal collections and to augment their own occasional performances. The model of the businessman collector has a special resonance for Springfield. The city's two most active and devoted collectors were in large part cut from that mold. The first was a traveling salesman and sometime troubadour who bought a tape recorder in 1956 and began recording traditional music to occupy the long hours away from home and family and to satisfy his own deep appreciation for the art of the old-timey sound. It was the beginning of a 20-year odyssey of collecting that would result in the recording of almost 1,600 songs and variants, as well as jokes and sayings of various kinds. The salesman was Max Hunter, and his collection reflects the broadest geographical scope of any of the Ozark collections, as his job took him from corner to corner and state to state in the Ozarks. Hunter did much of his collecting in northern Arkansas, corresponding with University of Arkansas professor Mary Parler and folk song collectors Vance Randolph and John Quincy Wolfe Jr. for advice and for leads on singers. Like Holland and Rice, Hunter was a singer in his own right, releasing a single album, Ozark Folk Songs and Ballads, in 1963. The Max Hunter Collection, housed at the Springfield Greene County Library, was digitized and transcribed by Michael Murray and others affiliated with the Missouri State University Music Department between 1998 and 2001 and has been available online ever since. Shortly before Hunter's traveling and collecting came to an end, another Springfield businessman began an odyssey of collecting that would span almost four decades. Gordon McCann jokes that his life commenced its downfall one night in 1974 when he, a print shop owner in his early 40s at the time, and his wife Mona accompanied friends to the informal but grandly named Emanuel Woods Ozark Opry, a group of local musicians who gathered on Saturday nights to play in an abandoned storefront on the square in Ozark, Missouri. With little confidence in his guitar playing, McCann first began recording the group's jam sessions so that he could practice playing along with the tapes at home. Before too long, he was traipsing around southwest Missouri recording similar local shindigs, hosting music sessions at his own house, collaborating with Vance Randolph on a book, and traveling the nation playing guitar accompaniment for skilled traditional fiddlers from the Ozarks, most notably Lonnie Robertson from Ozark County and Art Galbraith from rural Greene County, Missouri. Galbraith and McCann recorded two albums of old tunes, played the Smithsonian Folklife Festival in Washington and the 1984 World's Fair, and toured the Midwest for the Mid-America Arts Alliance. All the while, McCann compiled a library of personal recordings that eventually exceeded 3,000 audio and video cassettes featuring thousands of songs, hours and hours of oral history memories, and the priceless banter of Ozark musicians who've long since passed from the scene. In the process, Gordon McCann became one of America's foremost experts on the history and tradition of fiddle music, co-writing a book, Ozark's Fiddle Music, and co-producing half a dozen rounder CDs of Ozark fiddle tunes. 
In 2011, McCann turned over his collection of recordings to Missouri State University's Meyer Library, which continues digitizing and making the recordings available online. While we wait for the next collector to emerge from Springfield, let's go back in the hills and take a listen at this McCann recording of a jam session in Crane, Missouri on December 16, 1978. Glenn Rickman is the fiddler, Gordon McCann is on guitar, and we also hear Missy Pierce. Bob, here's the old uh, Sleepy Lou tune. I used to hear him play Jack Fields and them in Round Clever when I was about 12 years old. Like a lot of folks around here, Ruthie Haney honed her singing skills in church. As a 13-year-old in 1967, she met ballad singer Almeida Riddle, who came to be a strong influence on Ruthie's singing. Starting in 2009, Ruthie discovered the Mountain View music scene and a few years later was introduced to the other member of this week's featured duo, Bobby Glendy. Their voices blended well, and with Bobby's fine guitar playing, they're now one of the featured acts on our stage. We'll close out this week's show with three more songs from Bobby and Ruthie. Two little boys had two little toys Each one had a wooden horse Gaily they played each summer's day Warriors both the course One little chap had a mishap And broke off his horse
Back in 1967, when I was a kid still, I came up here with some family and stayed with Alameda Riddle. And I just loved her. And she took us to one of the first uh, bean fest, I believe it was, um, there on the square. And anyway, and I just thought it was so fascinating and so cool with all the people dancing and all the great music. and. And so then later on, when I grew up and uh, I started coming up here, and uh, but I didn't start singing on stage. I sang at church, you know, through the 80s and 90s and such. But I started singing up here in, I think, 2009 over at the Jimmy Driftwood Barn. And then I came over here, I interviewed, and I think it was in 2011, somewhere along there. And, and I started uh, playing with, uh, uh, performing with uh, Celtic music. And then he and I got together. Now once I met a pretty little girl and she was fair to see. I fell in love with that pretty little girl and she I kissed her on her dimple chin while the stars in heaven did play. Along came a howling that old north wind and killed North wind and north wind bring my baby back again. North wind, where did she go? Nobody but he. Find it was nothing but that old north wind whistling around my shack. And each night before I go to sleep, down on my knees I pray. The old north wind will come and whistling by and carry me away. 
And that's what we're doing here now at, at the Folk Center. You know, we've got a captive audience that, that actually pays attention to what we're doing. And that's wonderful when they, they identify with your music and you can see them, some of them sitting out there singing along or clapping to your music. And there's only two of us. So we don't have any other instruments with us. I don't know if people just don't want to play with us or, <laughs> or what. No, we just, we're. We want them to love it. Yeah, we. we people to love it. We're trying to do something that's traditional because back in the old days, you didn't have five instruments to stand up there. You made music with what you had. And I've got Ruthie and Ruthie's got me. And I've got my guitar and between us, that's three. Yeah. Trying to make as much noise as we can. been listening to Bobby Glendy and Ruthie Haney recorded on the stage at the Ozark Folk Center in Mountain View, Arkansas. In that set, we heard Two Little Boys, North Wind, and Redwood Hills. That brings us to the end of this week's show, and I hope you've enjoyed the fine old songs we've presented this week. You may have noticed that we started this show off by ringing a cowbell. That's because we use that same bell to start our live shows here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. If you're planning to visit us here in Mountain View, drop us a line and we'll arrange for you to ring the bell to start our live show. 
Be sure to visit us at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com for more information about our show or to listen to past shows. This is Dave Smith. Bye, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at ArkansasStateParks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. Thank you.